here we are again, everybody. You're joining us on the Two Guys on Fitness podcast. Uh, I'm here with Julian Bertharat, the personal trainer, who joins us every single month on the podcast. Uh, my name's Alan Teresa. Unlike Julian Bertharat, I'm not a personal trainer. I'm just somebody who goes to the gym and has a good time. Hello, Julian. How are you doing? I'm okay. And you? I'm not so bad. It's a little bit wintry because it's that time of year. But I am pretty good. Thank you very much for asking. And you're joining us, uh, ladies and gentlemen, out there in podcast land on the Two Guys on Fitness podcast, where every month we discuss anything of interest to people who go to the gym or are interested in living a healthy lifestyle. We tend to cover exercise, diet, general well-being, and everything related to working out and living healthily. Do we not, Julian? Yes. He's a man of few words. The words are good, but there are a few of them. So, shall we get the podcast started? My fine French friend, personal trainer. Absolutely. So hello once again, everybody, to Two Guys on Fitness. Every month we like to come to you from Jubilee Hall Gym in Cover Garden, which is where we are today right now. Come to you. That's a very odd use of the language. Kind of came to me uh, in an instant, that phrase. And Julian Berthrat sitting next to me, looking at me with his fine French eyes. Guess what we're talking about this month on the podcast? Is it a fit food episode, Alan? It is, Julian. This month we're having a fit food episode of the podcast. We haven't done one of those for a while. And we are going to be talking about something that a lot of people like who go to the gym and who eat well, which is oats and what oats can do in terms of lowering cholesterol and tackling heart problems or indeed preventing them and why they are such a fantastic, if apparently mundane, part of anybody's diet. Do you like oats, Julian? I do. It's not something I, uh, I eat every week or on a, on a daily basis, but uh, yeah, I do. And you? Well, I'm going to reveal uh, my opinion on oats. Hardly the most controversial topic. I think we agree, but a topic we're going to discuss anyway in due course. So shall we get this episode kicked off? Oh, yes. So when we do a fit food episode of the podcast, we uh, invite our friend, the Italian fitness guy, to join us and to give us a little summary of the food topic we'll be talking about in the episode, which is exactly what he's doing this month. So over to you, Italian guy. Tell us everything we need to know about oats and why they are good for us. Oats are reported as being amongst the healthiest grains on earth as they are a gluten-free old grain and a great source of important vitamins, minerals, fiber, and antioxidants. Studies show that oat and oatmeal have many health benefits. These include weight loss, lower bone sugar levels, and a reduced risk of heart diseases. Oat groats, the most intact and well-formed oats, take a long time to cook. For this reason, most people prefer rolled, crushed, or steel-cut oats. Instant quick oats are the most highly processed variety. While they take the shortest time to cook, the texture may be mushy. Oats are commonly eaten for breakfast as oatmeal, which is made by boiling oats in water and milk. Oatmeal is often referred to as porridge. They are also often included in muffins, granola bars, and other baked goods. The nutrient composition of oats is well balanced 
They are a good source of carbs and fiber, including the powerful fiber beta-glucan. They also contain more protein and fat than most grains. While oats are highly in antioxidants, oats are high in soluble fiber beta-glucan. Heart disease is the leading cause of death globally. One major risk factor is actually high blood cholesterol. One study reports that antioxidants in oat work together with vitamin C to prevent LDL oxidation, where actually LDL is the so-called bad cholesterol. Type 2 diabetes is a common disease characterized by elevated blood sugars. It usually results from decreased sensitivity to the hormone insulin. Oats may help lower blood sugar levels, especially in people who are overweight and have type 2 diabetes. So that's the Italian fitness guy there. We love it when he comes in. Uh, we don't see him as often as we uh, would like, but when we manage to get him in a headlock to read us the facts about the food topic of the month, it is a wonderful thing. So we're talking about oats uh, this month. So tell me, Julian, are you a porridge kind of guy? Yeah, I do. It's something I discover uh, a bit more in England. That's true. In France, I was uh, not having that sort of breakfast. But I um, now I do enjoy it. I uh, it's essentially something I will have during the winter time, in the morning, uh, and after a training session, not before because it's a little bit too heavy. And uh, I like having yeah I don't mind having one with um, porridge with water or milk. Uh, generally, I just add uh, honey on top. And, and that's it. What about you, Alan? Uh, well, uh, yes, I do. I'm, I'm one of those people, I think, who buys oats and that kind of grain-based uh, whole food regularly when I'm at a supermarket, and then I'll take it home thinking that I'll be eating it every day for the next week, and then it tends to sit in the cupboard, really. Uh, partly because I do like porridge, don't get me wrong, but um, there's something about the kind of making of it and the cooking of it, and it's great at the time, but after about the second or third bowl, uh, you know, within a short, relatively short time period, I tend to find it all kind of tastes the same, really. Don't you think there's a problem, though? We're going to talk about the health benefits, ladies and gentlemen, in a minute, don't worry. But uh, don't you think there's a problem, Julian, uh, with these kind of foodstuffs where we're told they're healthy and we should eat them and they're wonderful, and then to make them edible, we add loads of sugar or, you know, uh, milk or syrup or whatever to them, and doesn't that rather undermine the kind of value of the food stuff in question? Yeah, the, sometimes the danger is to, as you'd say, add um, other stuff on. I think porridge is like quite good on its own. Uh, the, the first choice is to have it with water or milk. I... <laughs> I have to say, I j with milk, you know, a little bit is a bit more tasty, and um, yeah, and just maybe just honey is fine completely for me. You can people add sometimes fruit, which is okay, uh, but it's obviously porridge plus fruit is starting to become like a heavy meal. Um, it, yeah. Not every day, but sometime, and especially when it's cold. Yes, it is a kind of winter thing. Now, um, well, what a fascinating conversation about porridge that was. Uh, now, the thing about porridge, the thing about oats, as our Italian friend there was pointing out, is that um, it's renowned, oats are renowned as a health food because they tackle 
the uh, problem or potential problem, particularly of cholesterol and antitoxins and so on, and the threat of conditions such as heart disease, which is obviously related to cholesterol and so on. Now, you're a personal trainer, I do believe, uh, in his day job. In fact, his only job, actually. Uh, you train all kinds of people. How much of a concern for the people that you train are issues such as heart disease and cholesterol? How often do they come up for people when they come to you? Well, recently I um, we really had uh, this sort of issue. That's true. Uh, I um, it's not an, uh, a subject we talk often with uh, clients uh, in the past few years. Um, I don't know why, but uh, we talk more about like uh, body fat. Uh, that's more the sort of uh, discussion we have. Uh, cholesterol is quite I Obviously, uh, I'm happy to talk about it, but the fact is few people ask me about that. Um, I don't think most of the people who train, I have to say, they are concerned by their body weight, their body fat. It's it's mainly the center of the attention and the discussion. Now, one of the other things about oats and those kind of whole foods is they are slow energy release food products. Now, this is important when you train, isn't it? Because uh, it's quite easy to kind of like eat something which gives you an energy rush or a sugar rush, actually. Let's be honest about it. But what's great about oats and those kind of uh, foodstuffs I've noticed is um, it allows the release of energy at a slower, staggered pace, which is more helpful when you train. Now, you've played rugby for years, uh, and presumably this is part of the strategy of when you play a game like rugby and you train for it, is it not? Yeah, it is. In sport, it's very well uh, known and uh, used as well as a type of, type of food as a type of food because it's, uh, yeah, you need to, uh, by definition in sport, you need to go the distance and a rugby game is 80 minutes long. So you can't really collapse. Uh, you're not allowed to collapse or to slow down drastically during the game. It is also, um, uh, when I train, I always uh, try to make people go through an hour without break because I think it's important to boost the metabolism. And, uh, you know, people sometimes over, uh, overuse the break. You know, after two, three minute break, you start to lose everything, really. And it's also a bit meaningless. And it stretched the time you spend on the gym floor because obviously if you take five minutes here or there, well, you can spend easily two hours on the gym floor. But then it's much less efficient. So, yeah, I think... This discussion we have uh, into this slow release food, it's on a bigger picture. It's just like, remember, like a day is 24 hours. Of course, you have to sleep uh, within these 24 hours, but you have to be efficient, active, and be able to repeat that day the day after and again and again. And just on that note, for you personally, when you train, and Julian uh, trains, you train basically most days, don't you? Is that a fair comment, would you say? Yeah. It's, um, I've got uh, time in my schedule to do that almost every morning. So sometimes I can train five days in a row, like Monday to Friday. It really boosts my day. So I, uh, I either start with a session outdoor or at the gym, then I train myself and then I carry on to my day and the client. And uh, yeah, the thing is when you get older, I think it's very important to remember like the body do not like to start 
stop, restart, stop. He liked the continuity. So what I did learn the last few years for myself and the client, but it's true for myself, is to find um, your pace of training and to stick to it. Uh, usually we say life is a marathon. It means like you never stop, but you have to throw your own pace. And uh, don't forget the body do not like to um, do nothing. And uh, it's very important. It's uh, if I learn something really, I will say between my uh, the last decade between 30 to 40, it's to learn um, the good pace and to stick to it. Uh, a demanding pace, but something I can repeat. So, for example, training Monday to Friday, I find my sort of routine in order to be able to do it every day for five days, you know, you know, there's no point to do a crazy, crazy training, but not to be able to do it the day after. And when you train like that, what is the gap between when you start training and, and you eat? So how uh, much time do you allow after you eat a proper meal before you train? And how much time do you allow after you finish training before you eat after you do so? Um, so if I can eat, it's within an hour or two maximum. It's better for the body to assimilate uh, the nutrients of your food. And um, yeah, sometimes I just don't have time to eat, which is a shame, but it's, you know, uh, we all have a job and we have to, the client come first. And, um, but yeah, most of the time I make sure I eat um, after within an hour or two. And you, Alan, do you manage to do that? Uh, I do. I try to eat when I train. I eat uh, within an hour of when I train. And uh, recently, I've also been having a protein shake after I train uh, as a kind of automatic thing. Julian has very, very strong views on supplements, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, uh, fantastic listeners, and particularly uh, about protein shakes, which I think we've talked about previously, and I think we'll talk about again in the future. Something tells me we will be doing that. Uh, but I try to eat every two hours now. So as a kind of like, obviously you can't do that all the time because life gets in the way. But as a general kind of rule, I try to eat every couple of hours, every two to three hours. And Julian's frowning at me now. Do you think that's a bad thing, Mr. Frowning Guy? Well, I don't know if it's a bad thing. It's not my thing, let's say. But I tend to be uh, quite, um, from what I understand, on, uh, for example, on the bodybuilding side, it's, yeah, you, you have to keep eating if you want to basically um, get bigger and all that. And, uh, and, I, and I respect all that. It's just like, it, it just, um, it's just, it's more on, uh, I think it's just a question of um, what is your target really. And I, I don't want to get too... Uh, uh, judgmental or whatever it's it's I don't for myself I don't find it convenient to eat every two hours for a simple reason is when you eat right away you have to digest okay it makes sense and I don't have that time because to digest because I'm always in a move with the client and I need to be energetic I'm moving around I'm not training right but I still supposed to give energy to the client and move around with him and uh, so you don't want to do that when you've got something in your stomach really and uh, so that's why, for example, you know, on a, in my case, that's why I don't eat every two hours. Um, I, I try to sleep well. That's important. But, uh, yeah, uh, it's, it helped me a lot. It drive me, a, uh, guide me a lot to have a busy uh, business because 
in a way when I train people, I sort of understand that when you have only one hour, well, you have to make it work for one hour. I don't have two, four hours in front of me every day to train myself. I don't. So for me, one hour is all I have to train every day. So there you go. And uh, that's Julian's uh, training himself for one hour. Uh, when he can and we hope that was helpful to you everybody Uh, it's a big thank you once again as I touched upon earlier to the Italian fitness guy he's a great guy and he loves his food uh, as we do funnily enough Uh, so if you like oats and porridge or you think you might do tuck in and uh, we hope it works for you Today's show is brought to you by Jubilee Wall Gym, Covent Garden. Need an effective workout using state-of-the-art equipment in the art of London West End? Then visit Jubilee Wall Gym on the corner of Covent Garden, where you can also check out the gym sauna, as well as a whole host of great fitness classes. Join online for £53 a month, and there is no need for a minimum term contract when joining. Or you can use the gym on a day pass basis. Find out more at jubileoldgym.co.uk or telephone 020-78-36-40-07 to work out at Jubileold Gym Covent Garden. So every month on the podcast, when we're not tucking into a bowl of uh, delicious porridge, we like also to savour Julian's Fitness Tip of the Month. So, Julian, what is your fitness tip of the month in this wintry season that we are in when a bowl of porridge would make us feel oh so warm inside? Have you ever done your warm-up on a spinning bike, Alan? Well, do you know what's funny, Julian? Now, I'm going to reveal something to Julian now which he's unaware of, I think it's fair to say, because we actually train in separate gyms. There you are. Everybody thinks uh, that we train together, but we don't. Um, The funny thing is, uh, my current uh, training uh, program, I spend 10 minutes on the bike every time I work out right at the beginning. I obviously follow the chair here, Alan. Um, I'm very surprised and I, but nicely surprised, I have to say. It's good on you to do that. It's uh, the good thing with the bike, uh, op- if you oppose that to the treadmill, for example, or the war, is obviously um, the bike is a machine and you are using this machine with your legs okay if 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 you understand me i mean there is no impact okay uh, like when you run on the treadmill and it's not as demanding as a roaring machine because roaring is quite complete but hard as well so the bike is give you a sort of a i can do it uh, feeling i guess and um, how to do that? I would say I will set up anything between five to ten minutes, and basically just f- first of all fix the bike at your side, okay, with a saddle, and you should have also enough space to put your elbow and stretch your forearms until between the saddle and the handlebar. And uh, yeah, so then after make sure the resistance is not too demanding, and just basically I would say for two minutes start side keeping your back you know fairly not completely straight but standing seated but straight up a little bit with your hand on 
the handlebar and just find a pace, you know, create a pace uh, to start with. And when you feel comfortable after two minutes, I will say you can start to basically stand up and do um, um, a sort of mountain climbing, okay, for 30 seconds in putting more resistance. We're not talking about uh, sprint here, so just slow out resistance for 30 seconds. And then you start, uh, you sit down, you release uh, the resistance, 30 seconds cycling nicely, and then again, you can do that three, four times. The other option you have on a bike is also the speed. So you sit down, but this time you lay forward on the bike a little bit with your, and you go for a spring. So obviously you go much faster, resistance not too hard, and you give it all for 30 seconds. After 30 seconds, same idea, you uh, stand up and still seated, and you just cycle a little bit. So it's just like to give you a little break, a, a little, um, you proceed by little interval. So standing up or sitting for the speed. Have you done that before? No, what happens when I, I go on the uh, bike is, uh, I put it up to maximum resistance right at the beginning, and uh, I just push on through. Uh, until I get to the 10 minute mark and then I look at how many calories I've burned and I aim to burn at least 100 calories during that period. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a good idea. And uh, I think also people think calorie too much when they do when they get on a bike, on a treadmill. It's, it's not even the point. I mean, you do that to set up your mind to exercise really. And it's never something people should skip because you prepare yourself in a mental way and physical way, obviously, to train. And uh, yeah, I never skip the warm-up. But as I say, every people stepping on a treadmill, getting on a bike or a rower, you should uh, structure your time uh, when you are uh, doing your your warm-up because there is uh, basically you're always away from efficient efficiency when you do not structure your, your training. And the warm-up is part of it, so you should structure your 10 minutes wherever you do it, if it's on a bike, on a ring, or on a treadmill. Indeed, indeed, indeed. So regardless of where you do your warm-up, uh, we hope that was uh, useful for you because uh, pedaling away like crazy during that little uh, segment, that was... Julian's Fitness Tip of the month. So every month on the podcast, as regular listeners, you wonderful people uh, know, we take two questions that we pull out of the mailbag. It's an electronic mailbag. There's no actual physical pulling of anything out of anything at all when I say that. Uh, we take... Uh, oh, I'm so glad I started that now. Uh, we take two questions from all of the comments and questions that come into us, and we answer them uh, because they take our fancy. And if you do want to get in touch with us, uh, check out our social media which is our Facebook, our Twitter, our Instagram, or you can visit our website, twoguysonfitness.com, or you can also visit his website, julienbertora.com. And we love it when you get in touch. So regardless of how you do get in touch with us, get in touch. So Julian, uh, we've got a couple of questions uh, this month, and I do believe that you're up first with the... Uh, kickoff question so away you go so we begin this month with uh, a website message from Juan who does not say where he's from I guess possibly from uh, Spain but we'll ask this question 
How often do you work your legs? For how long and what do you do? I'm 42, don't go to the gym and have chicken legs. Well, one, you know, uh, <laughs> you know the truth of the matter is, uh, before uh, Julian said one, I thought uh, the name was Juan, <laughs> which, <laughs> which just shows you something about uh, me, really. Okay, so uh, one here, uh, he asks, how often do you work your legs? Uh, for how long and what do you do? He's 42, he doesn't go to the gym, and apparently he has chicken legs. I think you should go to a doctor, uh, one, if you have chicken legs, and get that looked at. But um, Julian has uh, very strong legs, and uh, I get a funny feeling we're going to hear about squatting right now. So what should one do if he doesn't want chicken legs, Julian, but he wants big, strong wheels? Yeah, it's one of these um, cliché from people who go to the gym, uh, and I would say a, a worldwide cliche because, yeah, the thing is, we tend to work out what we see in the mirror. And, you know, when you face a mirror, most of the people, if, especially if you don't wear a short, you see your chest and your arms and your shoulders. And people tend to work out those parts, the part you can see yourself in the mirror uh, first. And then they sort of skip, you know, like how many times you see people posting messages on uh, Instagram and uh, saying, like, oh, it's legs day, like basically it's a terrible day coming up. And, uh, and actually, it's my favorite day. Uh, mainly, I think it's because since I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm six years old, I know my legs are important because they help me to carry my body and my rugby pitch. And uh, it never been, I never skip my legs in any sort of way. As a sportman, it's completely part of uh, of my uh, exercise routine. So. Uh, it's not a fatality, but let's face it. If you let uh, legs training on the side for years and years, it's gonna be hard to it's gonna be hard to get into it. So at the beginning, realistic target, just you know, um, as I say, I would say a little run or a bike would be good to start with, and then after, keep it extremely simple. You know, leg extension, long reps, 15 reps, free set, some air squat, you know, with a good form as a combo to start. And we can go on and on, you know, uh, back of legs, when you never walk your legs are super important. You know, abductor, your calf, all that. Try to do it, repeat it religiously, I would say, twice a week, three times a week, 25 minute half an hour maximum on this yeah maybe because i see alan seems surprised i would say twice a week okay but do it regularly just as regular as you do your upper body okay and uh, but it's very important and also you burn uh, when you do legs you burn more calories than when you do upper body so to give you a bit of uh, enthusiasm about it and uh, and also it's, uh, you know, but that's personal, but it's not really nice to have um, upper body well developed and skinny legs. It doesn't look good. Okay, so uh, training well, it's about uh, well balanced body as well. So your legs carry your body, not your chest. And how often I do train my legs, uh, I train my legs basically two times a week, but I do run also every day a little bit before my session. So, but twice a week, I 
I do my legs. But you know what? 35 minutes each time, so every week, one hour. Yes, and um, the reason Julian said I looked surprised then was because when he got to the uh, statement about two or three times a week, 25 minutes uh, training legs, I mouthed the word wow at him because uh, I thought that was quite a lot. I mean, I, I train my legs every other time I go to the gym. Mm. So uh, I do a very general kind of upper, lower body split to achieve the balanced physical aesthetic that Julian was touching upon there. I don't dread doing my legs. I actually quite like it. It's kind of like a nice way to focus away from, you know, what you do when you're working with the cables or, you know, lifting the weights or doing your shoulders, your arms or your chest or whatever. Well, I mean, you know, obviously I love the squat with a free bar. Uh, you can do a squat and a Smith machine, Smith machine assisted bar. I mean, you can do that with a dumbbell, you know, you can do, you can also use a leg press. There is different sort of leg press, but I would say very easy to get into. It's just a simple leg curl, you know, leg extension. It's easy. So you just put the weight, you do it slowly. When your legs are almost straight up, uh, all the position for a second, really slowly do it again. It's just, the idea is just to de-dramatize uh, the legs uh, session. Like the upper body, just go through routine, structure it and do it again. And don't forget the calf and the back of legs to avoid any knee injury. Yes, uh, I work the back of my legs, but um, to be honest with you, I very rarely work my calves, but I suppose uh, doing so much uh, time on the bike, it kind of compensates, he said, thinking off the top of his head. Okay, I uh, hope that's helpful for you, uh, Juan, and that um, the doctor can indeed help you with your chicken legs. Okay, next up, we uh, have a Facebook message from Rachel, who also does not say where she is from, but who has the following question to ask. So, what's your take on how much water to drink each day? I read that between three liters for men and two liters for women is healthy, depending on weight. But how much do you drink and why? Oh, I hate these water questions. We get these kind of regularly, really. And uh, I'm very much an average Joe where this is concerned, as I think you're about to find out. But uh, okay, Julian, how much water do you recommend people to drink if they ask you? And how much do you drink in a day? Well, Rachel, yeah, it's a, it's a nice question. We don't talk enough about water. It's a simple thing, but... That's because we avoid it. We get lots of questions like this. And I'll be honest with you, when we look through the questions, if we come across the... No disrespect, by the way, Rachel, it's an intelligent question. But when we uh, look through the questions, if it's a question uh, about hydration and water, it always sort of gets squeezed out by the more kind of like sexy questions about which body part to work. So, um, which means Julian's at a bit of a loose end, I feel, looking at his face. But yeah, I would say that um, three liters seems uh, a lot for a man every day. Um, I would say certainly, you know, like anything above a liter to two liters. I don't really, it's funny because I don't really quantify what, uh, how much I, I, I drink water every day. I sort of drink water when I feel like I want to drink water. Uh, the true things also, it's, um, so the idea of drinking water is basically, uh, well, obviously to uh, hydrate your, your body, which is important. We are made of 70% uh, of water, so it makes totally sense. When you drink, you're likely to pee more often, okay? And when you pee, basically you eliminate toxin into your body, so that's one of the points, okay? But I would say like, yeah, you have to drink when you got the, the feeling you need to drink, really. 
but sometimes yeah you can i usually uh drink water uh, a bit more after a workout i make sure i drink water like uh within the next one two hours it just helps uh me to in order to evacuate the toxin through my pee i mean just like uh, i hope i answered the question but yeah don't stress too much like uh with um a predefined uh, idea of how much you should drink water. It's just, you know, if you try, I would say, after drink water and during the day, yeah, you're there, but I don't know. Three liters, however, seems to be quite a lot for a man. So. It does seem to be quite a lot, doesn't it? Uh, I've no idea how much I drink, by the way, he said on the side of that uh, comment. Uh, I, I find it very difficult, this idea of measuring everything that we do on a daily basis. And, you know, we're given kind of like a spreadsheet almost of, you know, this is what you have to do to live a healthy life. I find, I find that very odd. And I question, by the way, how they come up with those measures, because how can you possibly, as Julian touched upon, quantify what is good and not so good for you? Uh, in terms of how you drink. But I think the principle of drinking regularly uh, and understanding that, you know, drinking uh, water particularly, uh, you know, to help your body do its uh, work and to eliminate toxins by flushing them out is, in principle, a good thing. So I hope that's helpful for you, Rachel. And... Indeed, I hope it's interesting for everybody uh, listening. Uh, possibly it's made you feel a bit thirsty. Who knows? And remember, if you do want to get in touch, we love it when people do. Drop us a line through any of the social media channels I mentioned earlier or go to our websites and get in touch. So there you go, Julian. That's another Fit Food episode of the podcast out the way. It was great for the Italian fitness guy to drop in and say ciao. Uh, and also, it's made me now think perhaps I should take some of those oats from my cupboard and make porridge in the morning and enjoy a delicious, healthy breakfast. What did you have for breakfast this morning, Julian? Scramble eggs and salmon. Wow. I think I should invite you around my place to make breakfast, uh, if only so that I can eat such a delicious uh, meal at the start of the day. We hope you've enjoyed this episode, ladies and gentlemen. Just to let you know, we're going to be changing the episodes that we do moving forward, uh, which are exercise-focused with a new, and I'm going to use the term exciting, Julian, uh, format. So the next episode is highly likely to be an essential exercise episode, which will have a rather different format, uh, which we think you will enjoy. Have you enjoyed this episode, Julian? As always, and even more increasingly with time, I enjoy talking uh, and listen to people question. Yes, I, I actually think that is uh, one of the parts of what we do with this thing that I enjoy the most as well. So ladies and gentlemen, whatever you do, I hope you have a wonderful month till we get together next time. And is there anything you'd like to say to everybody, Julian, before we depart? Enjoy your workout. And your porridge. Mm-hmm.